civil danger warning. A disaster of unknown type has occurred. Normal programming has been suspended. Stay calm and stay indoors. Gary. Gary, just get in the cage. This is not a test. Now get your spirit animal in the other one. Okay, hoist that blade and let's get started. The Glorious Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Hello and welcome to another special lockdown episode of the Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. Gary has volunteered to enter the General Oblation Board's special guillotine cage where he's about to be separated from his spirit animal, Henry the Hedgehog. And... Yes, we now should have enough power for our show. So whilst he slowly comes to terms with the enormity of his sacrifice, we'll be bringing you government-approved news and stories from the glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire, the mightiest of the many new nation-states that, several decades ago, emerged from the troubled era that was 21st century Britain. My name, of course, is Lloyd Becklesnip, and we have another especially extended show for you today. As you all know, due to the latest zombie outbreak, we are still in a lockdown situation, and we've got all the latest tips and advice to help you through this difficult time. First up, we'll be chatting to local neighborhood organizer, Finley Jagsmith. People do accuse me of using too much power. They said it's gone to my head, but I don't think so. I mean, only yesterday I organized a clapping event for me. So what does that tell you? Then we'll be learning how the lockdown has affected the lives of entertainers such as Borox the Clown. If you can't find a wig, get a cat or dog. Shave them and take their hair. We've also got Graham Menston, who will be telling us how the lockdown will affect this year's Skelmanthorpe Nettled Festival. We are going to play tribute to the goddess of our particular plant, ancient musician Tracy Fawn. And finally, we'll be catching up with reigning Yorkshire shin-kicking champion Bristley Patrick Mudlock. We've got a big two acres of land out there. I've just been kicking trees for as long as I can. I kick until I bleed. But first, here's the latest government-approved celebration events. Of course, on Monday, we'll still be having our clapping session for all the wonderful health workers. On Tuesday, there's going to be a We Will Rock You type food stomp for the resilient pizza delivery people. On Wednesday, there'll be a nationwide silent doffing off the cap to all the workers who we know aren't really essential, but still have to trudge into the office anyway, whilst we all sit on our arses playing video games. On Thursday, for all the people who are endangering the lives of thousands just because they're incapable of following a few simple quarantine rules, there'll be a designated half hour of tutting directed at them. In built up areas, the tutting has been getting rather loud, so please feel free to wag your finger or roll your eyes as a quieter alternative. And finally, on Friday, we'll be giving finger guns to our neighbors in an effort to convince them that their hair doesn't look like an exploding rat. But now, in these difficult conditions, we all know that sometimes things can get us down. However, some civic-minded citizens have taken up the mantle of raising everyone's spirits, and I decided to find out more about the people who are volunteering in their local neighborhoods. The glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. 
And I'm delighted to say we've got one of those people on the line. I am speaking to uh, Mr. Finley Jagsmith. Is that right? Can you hear me, Mr. Jagsmith? I can hear you. Yes. Thank you very much for having me on your show. I'm an avid listener. <laughs> well, I'm delighted to hear that. And I hear that you've been keeping spirits up in your neighbourhood chivying everyone along during these difficult times and making sure we don't get too downbeat. Oh, yes, absolutely. I've been uh, out there rallying the troops and getting them all up and ready to rock in this horrible situation we've got. Yes, a lot of people are finding it very hard, the elderly and the young especially, because they're not allowed out due to their slower speeds, not being able to outrun the zombies, a definite health risk for them. Is there anything in particular that you're aiming at the young or the old, or even both? Well, yes, I like to help them both out. There's no discrimination with Finley Jacksmith, I'll tell you that for nothing. <laughs> um, sometimes uh, I see an elderly person uh, struggling a little bit, I'll go and give them a quick shove in the right direction. And the young people as well, sometimes I've had to take a few items off them, like sometimes I'll see them whizzing along on a skateboard. Now that's dangerous, isn't it? Yes, they could skateboard out of control or be tempted to grind some angles on some zombie heads and that would be putting them at risk. Absolutely, yes. There has been a few broken bones. I do run a tight ship on my neighbourhood watch and I have to take action, all within the rules, but let's just say I've broken a few eggs. Okay, is this with reference to people who may not be following the guidelines quite to the letter? Absolutely. I mean, you've got to make examples of these people, haven't you? Else no one will follow the rules. Everybody will just think it's a free-for-all. And when you say make an example of, is this hoisting them in the neighbourhood cage for everyone to poke and laugh at? Yes, uh, I know you know about the cages, so a bit of a leading question there. Obviously, we've got the cages up there. Now, the cages are high enough so zombies can't get to them. I can't stress that enough. People have claimed that the zombies can reach the cages. That's absolute poppycock, it really is. They're perfectly safe in the cage. They're just up there for a couple of days. We throw them scraps of food until they've learned a lesson. Simple as that. But you've also been keeping spirits up. I hear you've been organising a neighbourhood sing-song. I have indeed, yes. Neighbourhood sing-songs are very popular. I've got them all going. Everybody's out there in the garden singing along. Now, some of the choices have been a bit strange. The favourite at the moment, get this, Dead Kennedys, Too Drunk to F***. I mean, who would have known? That old punk anthem. Mm. I believe we've got a short snippet of it so you can hear the whole neighbourhood, young and old, joining in. It is really quite inspiring. Absolutely. I mean, we do offer alternatives if you don't want to do the Dead Kennedys. We do have a Disney afternoon, two to three. You can join in. Mrs. Smith at number 42 did a fantastic Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas the other day. She had the whole neighborhood in tears. She did the dance. She had the outfit. She did it all. Mm -hmm. But I hear there has been problems with Frozen's Let It Go being repeated almost ad nauseum. And then a few of the elderly residents not quite understanding the meaning of the song and just farting all the way through it. They're literally letting it go. Yes, we have had a few problems with the songs, actually, because people were taking them literally, especially Peter Pan, where following the leader, some of the elderly actually went out of their gardens thinking somebody was leading them and they met with a tragic zombie incident. So we've lost a few on the street because of that. But other than that, it's all been fine. 
You have been organizing group outings as well, getting people out in safety in wheelbarrows. Anything with wheels, as long as you can get up quite a rapid speed with no assistance, you'll be fine. But do go in groups. For some reason, the zombies are afraid of big groups, especially with wheels. So you can take a few tips from us there. Everyone's seen the inspiring group rollerblade that you did the other week. And that became part of your latest singer song because you were doing the theme from fame as well. We actually did a music video as well. That was good. If you actually watch the video, it's amazing. It really is. I come off very well in it. You look very good in those hot pants. Oh, thank you very much. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. And we'll hear the rest of that chat in a moment. But first, here's a little taste of what's also available to listen to on the Free Yorkshire Network. Yes, it's the podcast you really must get around to listening to. The one that everyone's talking about, but you still haven't managed to catch up with yet. You've promised yourself that you will, but the backlog of 457 episodes is just a little too daunting. And we've just added another three whilst you've been listening to this trailer. So yeah, just bookmark it and convince yourself that you'll listen to it later, along with that 12-season Danish drama that's apparently unmissable. Delude yourself that you'll learn to play that ukulele and dive into that 1,000-page new great modern novel that's a must-read for any self-respecting cultural imbiber. Pretend like you'll actually open that Teach Yourself Hope Cuisine book you got last Christmas whilst listening to some new music from this century. Add them, record them, stack them, higher and higher as the unending, unstoppable, unavoidable tide of the unseen and the undone rises higher and higher until it breaks into an almighty guilt tsunami of the unwatched, the unconsumed, and the unrealized that breaks every bone in your body and washes your soul down into the plank hole of futility that is your grave. And every action, every gesture, and every word from your life disappears like the ripples in a toilet bowl. That podcast you really must get around to listening to. And don't forget, there'll be a new episode available every time you look at your phone. And now back to our interview with annoyingly chipper neighbourhood cheerleader, Finley Jagsmith. And so what further plans have you got coming up to raise spirits? We have got some new rules in place. Because everybody's been behaving themselves quite well, we've put a few things in place that we're going to follow through with. One of them is people are now allowed to go out once a day for a bit of a gossip. That's essential activity, surely. Absolutely. You're allowed 15 minutes of gossip. You can get some good info from that. Obviously, once one person goes out for the gossip, we can spread that around the neighborhood. And is there any time allowance based on how juicy your gossip is? If it's a particularly juicy piece of gossip that you've only just found out near where your time is up, you're allowed an extra five minutes to finish off the story. So that's nice. I've heard that if you've got actual pictures to go along with it, again, another five minutes can be added on on top of that. Absolutely, yes. I mean, we're all interested in gossip at the moment. I mean, heaven forbid, we've not got much to do here, you know. 
with this lockdown. It puts you in quite a favorable position because you get to rate all the gossip before it spreads. So you are the kind of center point of the neighborhood gossip. You could call me the chief gossip monger. <laughs> well, you could. Many, in fact, are calling you the chief gossip monger and... A few accusing fingers have been pointed that you've stymied the flow of some gossip about yourself. Well, I mean, sometimes things get said. Do I mean, it's a neighbourhood. Things get said. If it's true, it's true. If it's not, it's not as simple as that. People do accuse me of using too much power. They said it's gone to my head, but I don't think so. I mean, only yesterday I organised a clapping event for me. So what does that tell you? And how was that attended Oh, well, everybody was forced to do. I mean, everybody turned out and did that for me because I'm doing such a good job in my neighborhood. They all clapped. I got them all chanting, go, go, Finlay Jacksmith. We can hear a little clip of that now. Yeah, well, that sounded like a fantastic turnout. So there's no truth in the accusations that you were threatening anyone who didn't come to the communal clap with a day in the cage. No, no, it's it's entirely their choice. They don't have to come. They just might go a little bit more down the food chain, if you get my meaning. Maybe they won't get the rations that week. Because uh, the food drop is coming into your back garden as well. So you're the neighborhood food distributor too. Yes, I'm doing it all. I mean, these people, they don't realize how hard I work. They really don't. You know, it's not all glamour for me. I mean, I've had to cut down my staff this week. I mean, I had 10 people working for me. Now there's eight. We've all got to make sacrifices in this. This is what people don't understand. Mm -hmm. And with the food drop, obviously, there's no swamp mongrel or nettles to be had at the minute. So what are the top foods to be had from the food packages this week? Well, uh, we are still getting various meats coming in. Now, nobody can actually tell you what they're from, but meat is coming in. So there's plenty of meat for everyone still. The vegetarian options, we just send the vegetarians out into the fields, really, and we say, it's every man for himself, go get what you can, run back. People have been gathering some nice things, actually. Somebody found some carrots the other day. Couldn't believe it. Nice. I know, unbelievable. They're saying there is a nettle shortage. This is true. Some of us do have some nettles still, I will say that, allegedly. A nettle turns up now and again. I've been known to have a nettle on a Thursday evening, for example. As an end of week treat for all your hard work. Yes, yes. Well, I have a big day Friday because that's when the next food drop comes in. So I like to get my energy up on the Thursday so I can deal with that and pick out a few things on the Friday. There are some reports that people are even stockpiling their nettles in lieu of the toilet roll shortage. I mean, there's still plenty of swamp mongrel carcasses lying around, which, as you know, make fantastic substitutions for loo roll. Yes, they're extraordinarily absorbent. Absolutely. So you can get three wipes out of those. Well, yes, you could scour the streets for scraps and bits. And that's another thing you've been organising, a communal scrap hunt. Yes. Scour the neighbourhood for leftover things that might now be useful. You know, those empty milk cartons can be a temporary toilet solution if your plumbing goes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, people again have accused me. I get a lot of accusations. They say that I organise these things, but I never go on them. I should be, as a leader, going out and doing this myself. But I've got too much to do. I can't go out there. If you're on them, who's going to organise the next cage hanging or the next pensioner knee capping? Exactly. I mean, I've tried to have like a vice president, as it were, but nobody's good enough. Everybody I've tried to come in has accused me of things and they've ended up in a cage. So I just can't find anybody. You can't find the people these days. I do sympathise. I mean, you know, Gary in the studio, bless him, does his best, but 
I do despair sometimes. Absolutely. You know where I'm coming from then. Well, Finlay, it's been very illuminating chatting to you. Thank you very much for your time and best of luck with your next cage hanging. Thank you for having me. I'm sure there'll be many more cages before this is over. What an informative interview that was. It's good to know that interfering busybodies like Finlay are brightening everybody's days. But what about the people who used to make a living from brightening our days? Magicians, singers, dentists, none of them can now perform to a live audience and have had to come up with new ways to ply their trade. I decided to find out more. And I have with me on the line one of those very entertainers. It is Borox the Clown. Borox, welcome to the show. Hello, everybody. It's me, Borox the Clown. Honk, honk. <laughs> so, Borox, obviously, you used to make most of your living by going to parties, entertaining little children, all sorts of community events and fates and whatnot. And all that is off the menu at the minute. So, are you just sitting at home thinking up new shapes to twist balloons into? Oh, Borox has got lots of things going on. Of course, I'm trapped in my house like everybody else, but I've been thinking up wonderful new illusions to entertain the whole nation once we're back out on the streets. Oh, Borox! Not just that, you have managed to use the new 5G phones with their multi-cup technology to actually connect to some isolated children, isn't that right? That's right. I've been beamed directly into the local children's hospital to bring smiles and sunshine to all the sickly children. <laughs> I've been teaching them all about how to be a clown and the wonderful things that Borox can do. I've been teaching them how to bake their own cream pies and then how to smash themselves in the face with them. <laughs> that sounds delightful. And so are the kids asking for stuff that's difficult to provide? One of the big problems I've had is the costumes, because the kids love the costumes. They love to see the big oversized shoes and the flowery trousers and the bright wigs. How do you get those sort of things to the children? Well, we've got lots of lovely workarounds. If you can't find a wig, just scoop up some hair or get a cat or dog. Shave them and take their hair. Plus, all those dog hairs and cat hairs come in lovely colours that Borox loves to see. And of course, you can always use naturally occurring dyes like urine and blood. <laughs> and I've heard that a discarded liver can make quite a good squeezy nose. An excellent squeezy nose. And plus, you can have another laugh with it and pretend that it's just fallen out of your own body. <laughs> Wonderful physical comedy from Borox the Clown. And with the squirty flower, are you getting people to squirt themselves in their faces? If you can find a flower, then lucky you. But Borox has found that most people only manage to get a squirty bottle or an old bottle of bleach and fill that up. <laughs> You've got to make sure it's been cleaned properly or otherwise you might lose your eyesight. And on the subject of honky noses that we were talking about earlier... If you've got one of the newfangled government audio recorders, when you're shaving your cat or dog, they will make some extraordinary noises. And you can use that for your honky nose. And I hear you've also managed to book a slot on the government Moose platform where we can actually stream pictures and sound into people's homes. And you've put on a show for the whole neighbourhood. 
what were the highlights of that show? I think my favourite part of the whole show was getting to show my tiny car. <laughs> I drive in and there's only me in it, but I walk round at every door, got in and got back out again. <laughs> and then I threw a big bowl of confetti at myself. And then I made some balloon animals, gave them to no one. And then I got my big floppy ears and I flopped them about for no one. But I'm told it was very well received. Ooh, had a rare old time. I'm expecting a message from the mayor any day now that I've done a service for the community. And I'm an essential person. <laughs> yes, I'm sure the floppy ears were funny before genetic mutations made them a lot more common than they used to be. Yes, some of the skills have died with our new glorious republic. But Morox is on board. I'm not quite as on board with having to live with the creatures that were close to you. I mean, ooh, Borox was looking after the elephant when all this happened, so now he's in my kitchen. Woohoo! He's very angry. Is that Grumbo, the elephant, the one with the anger management issues? Oh, yes. He was retired from the stage after a devastating show where he burst into the audience. Thankfully, I'm keeping him at bay with the lion we have, Mongo. Mongo the lion doesn't like the elephant, so I keep him in the living room to keep the elephant in the kitchen, which keeps all the sheep in the back garden. Such fun! Well, it sounds like you could be using them in your next show, which is scheduled for tonight. Ooh, it's going to be a good one, boys and girls. Aurox has got lots of new surprises for you. I'm going to shoot myself out of a cannon. Is that the one where you shoot yourself into the pyramid of sheep? Yes, that's right. I'm going to get up on the roof, shoot myself out of the cannon and onto the pyramid of sheep who will gently lay me down onto the ground where I'm going to ride off into the sunset on the back of Mongo the lion. <laughs> and if it doesn't work out, it's mutton for everyone because the lion's going to eat. The lion does eat. Oh, he eats such a lot. And supplies are running low. Oh, Borox is scared at night. Well, it's either going to be you, the elephant, but hopefully... We'll be able to see you on your next show, Borax. We're all very much looking forward to it. Thank you for spending some of your valuable time with us. You're very welcome. See you all soon, hopefully, boys and girls. Woo, Borax the Clown! He's always around. He might even be in your room when you're going to sleep, children. I might be. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. It's good to know that the workers of this glorious nation are not letting the zombie pandemic stop them from putting a smile on our faces. And as the numbers of the undead have started to decline, we can begin to look forward to events beyond the lockdown. This September sees the return of the Skelmanthorpe Nettle Festival, run by Graham Menston, after his father Bob was mm, removed after a permit infringement. Obviously, with the rumours circulating that nettle bonfires help to ward off zombies, Yorkshire's staple stinging plant is in somewhat short supply. Earlier, I spoke to Graham to see how this year's festival is going to cope with the shortage. Graham, welcome to the show. Uh, hello, Lloyd. It's uh, wonderful to be here, honouring my father's memory as well. Well, in terms of taking up your father's reins, there could be no more difficult time 
Well, that's right. Uh, our family's roots are in nettles, the vicious, twisting roots of nettles, but there's not an awful lot of nettles to be found out there, Lloyd, at the moment with, um, well, you know, these so-called zombie bonfires everyone's doing. They've all been burnt up. Ugh. But uh, we are finding replacements and the festival will go ahead. Don't worry. And this was to be our decade, our 10th festival, so we're, we're going to really make it count. We've been rootling around and we've been trying to find replacement plants and weeds that have the spirit of the nettle. So we will be combining a number of exciting breeds of foliage, uh, anything from posh rose fawn to the joy of a sticky dandelion, or even if you've got them, uh, blackberry uh, you know, bushes with a kind of very spiky twining kind of fibres. So there are other things available that we're going to try to do our best to make this festival the roaring success it's been for the previous nine years. Yes, I've heard about your experiments with crossbreeding and a little bit of genetic modification. The thistle that you introduced that you managed to crossbreed with some needles was initially promising, but once they started firing the needles out, it became an unusable specimen. Yes, that, that was rather painful. And our hopes that by covering the, the holes in our skin with the sap of a hybrid plant would help. If anything, it made it rather worse. Oh, ouch. But uh, we will we'll get there. Don't worry. Yes, the sap of the genetically modified thistle did not heal your wounds at all, but it did make quite a nice vinegar, which is now commercially available. So not a total loss. Yes, and it can even produce a rather excellent vinegar cider. And the effects of that are quite extraordinary, but they do last several weeks. Uh, be careful with that. Uh, yeah, so is this what you're going to replace the nettle vodka that's usually uh, washed in the populace during the festival? Yeah, so the, the problem has been how we're going to store our particularly potent sap. We found putting it in both glass and, and iron kilns, it burns right through those. So we do need... Uh, to find some kind of storage thing for which we can pour into containers for the public to sup on and enjoy. But uh, our, our best minds are working on this. I say our best minds. My wife Gladys is working on this as we speak. Have you tried swamp mongrel hide? It's usually pretty impenetrable. Yeah, it is. But, uh, well, the, the swamp mongrels are rather hard to find at the moment. There's rumours of squealing and strange noises in warehouses. Uh, I don't know if that's part of the repopulation of the swamp mongrel, but they are hard to get hold of. So, nevertheless, we will find a way. This festival is going to be the best one ever, or uh, certainly the most memorable. The Glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show. And we'll hear the rest of that chat in a moment. But first, here's a word from this week's sponsor. Oh, Mum, why can't we have nettles for tea? We haven't had nettles for weeks and weeks. I'm sure you too have heard this plaintive appeal as our young cry out for the nation's favourite treats. Nettle soup, nettle jam, nettle lollipops. But there's none to be had. So, let us proudly introduce a new range of nettle substitutes made from the emblem of Scotland. They're called Thistle Dew. Missing the warmth of a cosy cup of nettle tea? Instead, why not have some warm rainwater that's been strained through a matted clump of thistle flowers? Hankering after the gentle sting of Grandma's nettle aid? Instead, why not have some of our new carbonated thistletina? Mm -mm. 
now almost completely thorn-free. Yearning for the unique throat-shredding experience that was the Nettle Burger? Instead, why not wrap your sensitive, fragile lips around one of our thistle dogs? Mm -mm. Even the gristle is made of thistle. When you can't get what you want, then think this'll do. Okay, let's rejoin our chat with simpering goon Graham Minston and find out what other plans he has for the next Skelmanthorpe Nettle Festival. And so, have you already been working on this year's floats? I mean, how are they going to differ this year under the current circumstances? Yes, our most treasured float usually is the one that pays tribute to the great John Nettles, the ancestor and lord, as it were, of the nettle. That won't be appropriate this year, perhaps in the future. So instead, uh, we are going to play tribute to the goddess of our particular plant, ancient musician Tracy Fawn. There will be a lovely float to Tracy Fawn with some of her hits. Well, one of them played on a Yorkshire accordion. Um, that should be uh, particularly stimulating. Yes, well, it's known that her music can wilt the leaves off a nettle at a pace of 50 yards, so I can only guess what kind of effect it'll have on the folk of Skelmanthorpe. It's going to be special. We hope people will come from as far away as, well, probably the next village, but they will come far to kind of enjoy and take part, and this festival will go ahead. Don't worry. And obviously this lockdown has been especially hard for our children. So what exciting events have you got lined up? Because obviously there's not going to be any nettle skipping ropes this year or the fun nettle roundabout. So what replacements have we got lined up? Well, a few ideas have been surfaced so far. They'll be pin the fawn on the mongrel. You'll be able to try and pin one of our genetically modified fawns uh, onto a slightly more domesticated swamp mongrel. It's quite a large fawn. Uh, each one has a diameter of about seven inches and a length of about 22. But I think if a few children come together and hurl it with enough force, they will be able to penetrate that swamp mongrel. Uh, even even with that robust hide that you mentioned, Lloyd, yeah. There's going to be a lot of, lot of fun, let's say. Um, yeah, one for the kiddies to remember. That's what we aim for. That's great to hear. And as we gather round the nettle maypole, which is still intact, it's one of the few things that survived the bonfires. Are there any particular chants that are going to be going up in order to ward off any future zombie hordes? Well, we'll do the best we can. There certainly won't be any burning of that pole, but we will be, we encourage people to burn other more inferior plants and send a mighty smoky signal to the sky of defiance. That sign of smoky defiance and a love of smoke in our lungs is the thing that's kept Yorkshire folk, well, semi-alive for generations. It'll scare the bejesus out of zombies, I think, any that's still left. It's going to be a tremendous end, a ceremonial smoking. What could be more special? I look forward to the ceremonial pyre being lit as we dance naked around it, children and old people alike. It's always a sight that gladdens my heart, and I look forward to it with extra pleasure this year, Graham. Thank you very much for joining us. Well, Gary is slowly recovering from the trauma of having been split from a spirit animal, and will, once he realises what I've done to him, no doubt fall into a murderous rage directed at yours truly. But in the meantime, we've just got enough time for a quick sports report. 
Obviously, there's no actual sport on at the moment, the latest casualty being the annual Yorkshire Shin-Kicking Championship, where reigning champion bristly Patrick Mudlock was looking forward to defending his title. We find out how the world of below-the-knee batterers are coping with the ongoing crisis. And I'm delighted to say I have the man himself on the line, reigning Yorkshire shin-kicking champion, Bristly Patrick Mudlock. Bristly, welcome to the show. Thanks very much for having us. Now, you must be gutted being unable to defend your title. I'm going to be honest with you, I am miffed off beyond belief. However, I do understand the seriousness of the lockdown situation. So you must be keeping fighting fit. How does a shin-kicker keep fit in times like this? Well, you know, I live down at the old farm, or as I like to call it, the power farm. We've got a big two acres of land out there. I've just been kicking trees for as long as I can. I kick until I bleed. That's good to hear. How many trees are now left in that particular orchard? We've got about four left, but they are redwood, so they are taking some doing. Okay, well, hopefully the sanctions won't last so long that you end up felling each one of those redwoods. But obviously, it's not just about kicking those shins, it's about having your shin kicked. So what's the substitute for that these days? Well, uh, little Patrick Jr., he's been, uh, well, basically hitting me with rounders bats just to sort of prepare my shins for when this lockdown is over and we can finally get back into the cage. I've heard you've made some special adaptations to some of those bats to really up the ante on the damage your shins are taking. Just exactly like you do with conkers, we have been dipping the bats in vinegar to make them even harder and then practicing them on brick first, my shin second. Wow, so any bats that break on the bricks aren't tough enough for your shins. Only the hardest substances can hit my shins, which is why I want to say Robert Downey V, once this is over, oh, your shins are not long enough to kick with God. Uh, yes, you mentioned, of course, Robert Johnny V there, your latest up-and-coming challenger, a young lad, has just emerged from the Pudsey area in the last year or two, it seems to have shins made of stainless steel. Are you sure you're not worried about going up against such a fierce competitor? I've seen them all in my time. 20 years I've been in this shin-kicking business, and I'm going to be honest with you, his shins may be as hard as stainless, but the only thing that's going to be left of you is a stain of blood in the cage. That is fighting talk, and I'm sure your other main rival, Big Stan Handstand, will be chomping at the bit to get back into the ring with you. I've defended my belt against him six times, and he's only won twice. I know, and you were the man who finally circumvented his tactical move. He's called Big Stan Handstand because he fights whilst doing handstand, making it almost impossible to kick those shins. Well, you can have tactics, you can have gimmicks, you can have as much fancy-dancy stuff. I don't go for that. No gimmicks, no flips, just kicks. And there's talk if the lockdown goes on an extended session, there may have to be some sort of offline shin-kicking event. Have you got any ideas how we can engage in shin kicking at a remote distance? We're in a group chat with all the guys in the locker room, the ones that I care to speak to outside of the cage. One of the ideas that were being thrown around was long shoes. 
So we're talking at least two, three meters here then. Very same, just regular shoes, but just two to three meters longer. That way we are at a safe distance. Now, a, a shoe that length, in order to maintain the kind of rigidity you would need to do some damage to somebody's shins, are going to have to be made of something pretty tough. There's rumors of trying to fashion ones out of swamp mongrels carcass, but obviously they're a bit scarce at the minute. Do you have any ideas for what alternatives might be usable? Well, it's a situation that is not without precedent, of course. I mean, back in the 60s, over in the Netherlands, they fashioned them out of large clogs made of mahogany, the hardest wood available at the time. Of course, you've got a felled orchard of trees in your backyard. Maybe you could start whittling clogs as we speak. Not the ones that I've been kicking. They're just splinters now. And of course, because you're known for how you decal your own outfits down to the shins and shoes, they're very colourful with shoes two meters long we'd be seeing something akin to a fireworks display i would have thought there would be even more money in this one so you could extend your raft of sponsors beyond the usual well you have your lucrative contract with spatcock's bandages because obviously that's who you bandage your shins with afterwards and You've got the blood-flavoured wine that's very popular. It's, it's made from your own drippings. More room on the shoe, more cash in the back for the boys. So finally, have you any words of wisdom and advice for your fans to get them through this difficult, difficult time? Remember, every single one of your kids, you can go to the Yorkshire Shin Kicking Federation website and you can buy protective merchandise the Bristly Patrick Mudlock range is extensive. We've got hand sanitizer, we've got masks, we've got latex gloves for your hands and your feet as well. But if once this lockdown's over and I see any child wearing anything from Robbie Downey the Fifth, I will put you down like a bad habit. There we go. Inspiring words indeed, Bristly. Thank you very much for your time and best of luck in the championship whenever it is we manage to get that event on. No problem. Thanks for having me and stay safe. Okay, Gary has just finished cradling the lifeless body of his erstwhile companion and soulmate, Henry the Hedgehog, and has fixed his somewhat red eyes on myself as he attempts to pry apart the bars of his cage. So I guess that's the end of another show. Cheerio, please stay safe, and until next time, may all your brews be strong, may all your puddings be fettled, and may all your swamp mongrels be radiation free. Tara! Communications have been severely disrupted. Make sure you have food, water, and a battery-powered radio with you. This is not a test. Hi, thanks for listening. I'm Noel Curry, the guy who puts all this together. And on this show, you heard Chris Lum, Ben Spencer, Adam Martin, and Josh Wyatt. You can find out more about us and what we do in the information section of this podcast, and you can follow us on the various social medias at Free Yorks Radio. We'll be back next month, but if you enjoyed what you heard, then you know what to do. Please subscribe, share, rate, and review. Thanks. The glorious Free Republic of Yorkshire Radio Show.